Ashley Brock reading Diane Palmer's book, Man of Means, Chapter 3. Good for you, Leo exclaimed, animated and smiling. You won't be sorry, Meredith, honest. She smiled back at him. He was nice, like a big brother. She liked him already. I can do housekeeping, too. She told him, I'll earn my keep. You'll go on salary, of course, he insisted. It won't be a holiday. Nothing is a holiday with these two, Simon murmured dryly. They aren't kidding about biscuits. They'll run you crazy baking them. Ray and Leo gave their brother a disgusted look. Meredith got, I don't mind. She started talking about, I love to cook. It won't be that hard, Leo promised. With another speaking glance at Simon, we just love biscuits. But we'll make you feel right at home. Anything you need, you can have a new stove. He added mischievously. She thought about her father and her job. And her smile faltered. I have to wrap up a few loose ends first. She began. No problem. Leo assured I can't get out of here for another day or at least. Or so the doctor said. He added with impatience. You'll stay until he lets you out. Ray said firmly. Conscious. Concussions are tricky. You know that. Leo grimaced. I guess so. I hate hospitals. I'm not too wild about them myself. Ray had to agree. It, it would be a very sad world without them, Meredith spoke up. She seemed uh, irritated. <laughs> Ray thought and wondered why. I'll run you back home when you're ready, Rachel. We'll be in touch before we're ready to leave. All right, said Leo's hand again and squeezed it gently to the amusement of all hearts except Ray. You get better. I'll see you soon. Thanks again, Leo told her with genuine gratitude. It was nothing. She gave him another smile, tucked her hand free, and let Ray herd her out the door after a quick goodbye to the other brothers. I thought your brother was big until I saw all of you together. Goodness, you're all huge, she explained when they were outside in the parking lot. She gave him a long train. And there doesn't seem to be an extra ounce of fat on any of you. We don't sit behind desks. We're ranchers, not office workers. And we work hard, right alongside our cowboys. He said his dark eyes could so Leo likes you. She smiled. I'm glad, because I like him too. That set him off, but he tried not to let it show. He didn't want her to like Leo. He wished he knew why. He glanced at her as he wove skillfully through traffic. Dora, do you have family besides your father? He asked. A cousin or two near Fort Worth, she said. She glanced out the window absently, rubbing the ring finger of her left hand, trying not to choke up over the question. What is Jacobsville like? She asked to divert him from any further questions. It's small, he said easily. There are lots of ranchers in the area. We have a good pasture and soil, and we get enough rain to manage healthy crops. He can... A lot of us are heavily into organic cattle raising, and with the industry under threat right now, we'll probably keep our financial heads above water when some other ranchers are going under. I like organic food, she said. May have a few more blemishes and bug bites, but it doesn't kill bugs. It won't kill me, she added with a grin. Good point. Do you like animals? I love them. I'd like to have a cat, but it's not possible. Dad's allergic to them. She sighed wearily, leaning her head back against the headrest. Her bruises were still giving her a lot of pain. Her hand went to them, and she went, You should see that plastic surgeon. He reminded her. She shook her head. Can't afford it. Even if I could, I don't want to go through weeks of surgery. He hesitated, and then he said, Have it your way. 
I'll heal. She touched her cheek again, subconsciously. I'm not sure going to work for you is a good idea. I mean, people might think that if you beat me up. He laughed horribly. Nobody who knows us would ever think that, especially he added, if you can bake. Simon was right, I'm afraid. We're famous locally for our addiction to biscuits. Actually, they were famous a lot further out than Jacob's Bill, but he didn't want to make her think they were loopy. She took the words at face value. I like to cook. He glanced at her again, taking in her very conservative way of dressing. You don't look like the same woman I met just after Leo was assaulted. I almost never dress up, she confided. And it really was a costume, she pointed out. I wasn't lying. I don't make my living on the streets. <laughs> How old are you? Her eyebrows are old enough. <laughs> are you over 21? He persisted. I'm 23, almost 24, she replied. And I'm married. I've had responsibilities for the past few years, she said distinctively, staring at the windshield. My father has become the largest of them. I've been afraid to leave him alone. He's obviously dangerous when he drinks. She hesitated, fingering her purse. He seemed to lose himself in the bottle overnight. I thought I could handle him, control him, break the cycle. I couldn't even get help for him. My father doesn't think he has a drinking problem, so nobody would take him. She looked over at him. I'm very grateful to your brother for his help. As I mentioned the night he was arrested, my father has only been like this for the past few months. It's not a long-standing problem, but I couldn't solve it alone. <laughs> You're going to work for us, Grayson, and it's not that much of a problem for Simon. He's good at his job. Is it a big ranch? She asked unexpectedly. Enormous, he replied. In one of five ranches we own as a family, things get hectic during Roundup, as you'll find out if you're still there next spring. I won't be, she said with some certainty. When I heal, I have to get back to my job. What do you do? He asked her. Is it house cleaning or working as a cook at a restaurant? She almost bit her tongue at the demeaning comment. You don't think I'm qualified to do anything else? <laughs> he buttered his eyes to the road. I don't know you, Miss Jones, he commented carelessly. Well, you seem pretty domestic to me. She didn't feel well enough to retaliate, but one day she promised herself she was going to make him eat those condescending words. I've made bets and done light cleaning, she said, talking around her actual profession. Aren't you ambitious, he persisted with a faint frown. Most women are these days. That sounded bitter, she commented. Did you get thrown over by an ambitious woman? By a couple of them, he said courtly, and his expression became hard. She hadn't thought of him that way. They've been in adversaries from the first contact, but it occurred to her as she gave him a quick covert serenity that he was a sensuous man. He wasn't handsome except he wasn't handsome except for Corgan Hart. The rest of the brothers seemed cursed by a lack of conventional good looks. But Ray had a lithe, graceful stride and a strong face. He had good hands, clean and long fingered. She liked the blackness of his straight hair, the high cheekbones, the long, thin, chiseled mouth. He was the sort of man who could have attracted a woman, except for his personality. The hearts didn't strike her as particularly gregarious or good mixers from her brief acquaintances with them. Leo was the one with the warmest personality, it made her feel at ease. The man beside her made her uncomfortable, insecure. 
nervous. She wasn't usually so strung out by a man's proximity. Now that she's had a lot to do with men in very recent years, not that she's had a lot to do with men in recent years, her father's overprotective, possessive nature had seen to that. He'd been so certain that she was going to end up like her mother. She closed her eyes briefly, hating the memories. If you want to go and see your father before we leave for Jacobsville, I'll ask Simon to arrange it. She said, I don't want to see him again until he's sober, she replied. He, we both need time to get over what happened. Is your face the only place he hit you? He asked unexpectedly. He got me in the back and the side too, but those were only bruises. The doctor checked me over thoroughly, she said wearily. I'm so tired, she murmured absently. I'm not surprised. You can get some rest. I'll phone you tomorrow when we'll know more about Leo's condition and when he'll be released. Okay. He stopped in front of her house and parked the car, walking to the door with her. He looked down at her while she fumbled the key into the lock. She was, in some ways, the most vulnerable woman he'd ever met. But there was a steel in her makeup. He sensed that she wasn't like this usually, that she was fiery and independent and determined. This isn't the first time your father's laid into you, is it? He asked suddenly. She glanced at him, surprised. No, but until this happened, it was more humiliating than painful. She frowned. How did you know? He seemed concerned. When I was in school, I had a couple of friends whose father got violent during benches. There's an attitude, a posture that people get when they've been beaten. I can't explain it, but I recognize it when I see it. Do you want to know what it is? She asked with a world-weary world smile. It's a feeling of futility, of knowing that no matter what you do, you can't hold out physically against a man who's enraged and bent on hurting you. Because you know, if you fight back, it will be even worse. Maybe fatal worse. Fatally worse. I don't like it, she added. Her pale eyes beginning to glow. And he's never getting the chance to do this again. He's my father. I love him, and I feel sorry for him. But I'm nobody's victim. Not even his. He pushed his hands into his slack pockets and smiled at her. Her face was bright with color, and her eyes were alive, like peridots and sunlit water. He remind, remembered her long blonde hair around her shoulders, and he wondered what she looked like in pink silk. The thought shocked him and he's crowd. Did I glue my nose on upside down? She asked, raising, raising her eyebrows. He let out a short laugh. No, I had a wild thought. You need an advance on your salary. I mean, is, is there anything you have to get for the trip that you can't afford? I don't have a car. She began and hated remembering why. He learned. I didn't say you were going to have to get to Jacobsville on your own. You'll go with Leo and me. Simon drove my car up from Jacobsville. Do I get to ride in the car? Or have you got me earmarked for the truck? She returned. He pursed his lips. Odd feelings were kindling inside him. Keep that up and you'll be riding on the back bumper. She wrinkled her nose. Nice. Real nice. I can see you going to be a great boss. If you don't burn the biscuits, I will be. He said, I'll stick close to your brothers, Robert. He'll protect me. He didn't like that, but he wasn't going to let it show. Leo's a tease. He said flatly, don't get your hopes up. He's not a married man. Neither am I. He added deliberately, 
their eyes went, Well, gee whiz, that's a major disappointment. And to think, I was only willing to take the job because of the marriage prospects. His face shuddered. <clears throat> Sarcasm doesn't get you any points with me. I'm just making the position clear. We need a cook, not a prospective soulmate. Speak for yourself, she told him, turning back to her door. I think Leo likes me already. I just told you. She opened the door, looked back at him with pure irreverence. Your brother can speak for himself. You don't own him, and you don't own me. I'll do what I please. Damn it. With charm like that, it's no surprise to me that you're still single, she said as she walked into the house. I can be charming when I've got a reason to be, he said. There's something you'll never know. Lucky me, he started to speak, closed his lips tight, and walked back to his car. She closed the door quickly and leaned back against it, almost shivering with anger. Of all the conceited, irritating men she'd ever met, that one took the cake. The next day, Rain phoned her mid-morning to tell her that he and Leo would pick her up at one for the drive down to Jacobsville. She had her suitcase packed and the house closed up when the big luxuries car pulled into the driveway. It was a late model car and it looked odd sitting in front of the shabby little house. As she walked to the car, Meredith saw curtains fluttering and knew that the neighbors were getting an eyeful. They probably thought she was being carried off by the mob. That amused her and she smiled, glad that something diverted her mind from her father and her pain in the misery of the past few months. We haven't we hadn't planned you to ask. We hadn't planned to ask you to help us move cattle, Ray drawled when he saw how she was dressed in jeans and a striped shirt and boots. I haven't volunteered either, she assured him, but I didn't think you'd want me to do housework and a dress. She gave him a worried glance. Those old black and white sitcoms weren't historically accurate, you know. I never saw a woman vacuum the carpet wearing a dress and high heels and pearls. You can do housework in the zoo for all I care, as long as you can bake me a pan of biscuits every morning. Ray said, taking the suitcase and putting it in the trunk. Good morning. Leo called from the open window of the front seat, grinning as Ray opened the back door and helped her inside. Good morning, she said brightly. You look much better. I feel better, except for the headache. He gave her a long look. You aren't in very good shape yourself. Face hurt. Yes, I guess we both like walking wounded. I guess we both look like walking wounded, huh? She asked with grin as she leaned back into the warm leather seat. Maybe we should take a nurse with us, Ray muttered as he got in and started the car. Meredith cleared her throat, but before she could speak, Leo turned to his brother. I don't need nursing. Thank you very much, Leo said courtly. Neither do I, Meredith agreed. Ray glanced at him as he pulled out into the street. I was seen an accident, victims who look better than the two of you. Don't let him insult you, Meredith. Leo told him, I'll tell you all about his weak spots so that you can deal with him. She wouldn't have expected Ray to have any of those, but she was keeping her mouth shut and her opinions open for the time being. Her new boss looked formidable, and even Leo seemed curious about his lack of warmth. Are you all from Jacobsville originally? Mary changes up. No, no, we're from San Antonio, Leo said. We inherited the Jacobsville property, and it needed a lot of work, so we made it our headquarters. It's convenient 
to Houston and San Antonio. And frankly, it's isolated and gives us some privacy. We don't like cities as a rule. Neither do I. She said recalling her grandmother's beautiful floral garden at the old place near Fort Worth. She smiled. I wish Dad hadn't taken the job in Houston in the first place. What does he do? No, I He's retired. She said, not wanting to go into specifics, or to talk about her family. Her father was a sore spot just now, anyway. Simon talked to the authorities, Ray interrupted. They're going to make sure he's getting counseling and won't be released until he's kicked the alcohol habit. He glanced over the seat at her, his dark eyes intent. They think it will be better if you don't have any contact with him for a few weeks until he's through the worst of the withdrawal symptoms. I know how about withdrawal. She replied, absolutely smoothing her hand over her jeans. Bad habits are hard to break, even new ones. You two must read a lot, Ray replied. I never saw so many books in one place as I did at your house. Even our library isn't that stuffed, and we all read. I love reading, she agreed. We have a television, but neither of us had much time to watch it until recently. She added reluctantly and winced at the thoughts that went through her mind. I hope they get those men who mugged you, Mr. Hart, she told Leo reverently. Leo, he corrected. It's really Leopold, but nobody calls me that, he added with a grin. We're pretty informal with our employees. Do you have a lot? She asked curiously. A good many in Jacobsville, he replied. Although we don't have a full-time vet. We do have several accountants, livestock managers, computer manufacturers, programmers, salesmen, you name it, we've got one. It's big business these days around cattle. We even have a man who does nothing but keep up with legislation that might impact us. <laughs> do you have dogs and cats? She asked. Always, Ray replied. We have border collies that help us herd cattle, and we keep cats in the barn to help handle the rats. We have a... We had a cat in the house, we added, but it was Cag and Tess's. They took it with them when they moved into their new house. At least she won't have to cope with Herman, he told his brother and laughed. Ray smiled and faltered. You might not have wanted to work for us if we still had Herman. Who's Herman? She wanted to know. He was Cag's albino python, he told her. He weighed 110 pounds and lived in a cage in Cag's bedroom. He gave Herman up when he married Tess. He said it would be crazy to keep an animal that big and dangerous around their son. They're still over the moon about that little boy. Yes, but there are people who don't even consider things like that. murmured absently. I remember a little girl who had to have plastic surgery because she was bitten in the face by her father's pet boa constrictor. Herman didn't bite, but Tess almost had a heart attack when she first came to work for us and found him in the washing machine. I can sympathize with her, Mary said. I haven't come across many snakes, so I'm not sure what I'd do. We have rattlers and water moccasins around the place, Ray told her. You have to watch where you walk, but we're only at one person been in recent years. Snakes are always going to be a hazard in open country. You can't be careless. I'll remember. We've got a big garage apartment. Leo told her. It's got picture windows and a whirlpool bath. Tess lived there until she and Cag married. I think you'll like it. I don't mind where I stay, she said easily. I'm grateful to have any help at all. I really couldn't go to work in Houston looking like this. It would have been embarrassing for my boss. 
you won't have people snaring at you on the ranch, Leo assured her, and it won't take too long for those bruises to heal. I'll be fine, but you'll have to take it easy for a few days, so I'm sure they told you that. She returned that one. No vi violent extortion, concussions is tricky. I know that, Leo told her. We had a man who was kicked in the head by a horse. He dropped dead three days later while he was walking into the coral. It was a hard lesson about head injuries. None of us ever forgot it. She rubbed her eyes. She didn't like thinking about head injuries just now. I've got us a dog for gas, Ray said as they reached the outskirts of the city and he pulled into a self-service gas station. Anybody wants something to drink? Coffee for me, Leo said. Meredith, I'd like a small coffee black, please. I'll go get it after I fill the tank, Ray said. He got out and started pumping gas. Leo leaned his arm over the back seat and looked at Meredith openly, dark eyes quiet and gently affectionate. You're still having a hard time with Ray, aren't you? He asked her. He doesn't really like me, she confessed with a worried smile. And I have to admit, he puts my back up, too. He seems to want to think the worst of me. He was convinced that I mugged you. He choked. You aren't tall enough to have knocked me out, he said. But Ray doesn't like women much. He had a bad time of it with a young woman who turned out to be a call girl. He added, noticed absently how stunned Meredith seemed to be at that remark. He had the ring bought, the honeymoon spa picked out, and then he found out the truth about her. It took him years to get over it. He was crushed. I guess so, she said Emily. Good lord, no wonder he thought the worst when he saw how I was dressed. I just barely remember the rig you had on. What was it, some sort of costume? I'd been to a wild Halloween party and had just escaped when I saw those men bending over you. She told him, I ran at them, waving my arms and yelling and fighting them off. That was taking a hell of a chance, he exploded. She shrugged. I've done it before, she said. I learned it from... From my brother's best friend, she admitted forcing the words out. It was much too soon to try to talk about her tragedy. He taught karate in the military. He said that sometimes all it needed was a yell and the element of surprise to spook an attacker and make him run. It works. Not all the time, Leo said darkly. Not for women. I'm all for equality, but most men are bigger and stronger than most women. And in hand to hand, you lose. You can't count on men running loud noise or not. Well, it worked for me, she admitted and smiled at it. I'm glad, because I couldn't have wrestled those guys down. He nodded. See that you remember it, he told her. Don't take chances. Get help. <laughs> Some help those partygoers would have been. She's got half of them were drunk, and the other half probably wouldn't have walked across the street to save my grandmother from a mugging. <laughs> Why were you at a party with them, he asked reasonably. She picked out a fingernail. A girl I know from work said I needed a night off and insisted that I come. I wore an old costume, the only one I had, and that I'd enjoy myself. I don't do drugs or drink, and one of the men made a blatant pass at me. She wrapped her arms around her body in a defensive posture that betrayed her fear. I was anxious to get away from the whole mess. Luckily for you. She had it with him. I don't like parties much either, he said. Getting drunk isn't my idea of a good time. She glanced out the window. Ray had finished pumping gas and was inside the convenience store now. Does he drink? Yeah, very rarely. I've been known to under provocation, but Ray's level-headed and sober. He can be mean, and he's got the blackest temper of all of us, but he's a good man to have on your side when the ships are down. 
He doesn't like me, she repeated. He'll come around. Give him time. Leo told her, meanwhile, you've got a job and a place to stay while your face heals. We all have hard times. He added gently, but we get through them, even when we don't expect to. Give yourself time. She smiled. Thanks, she said actually. You really are a nice man. Nice, clean, sober, modest, and incredibly handsome. He had it with a wicked grin, and I haven't even gotten to my best points yet. <laughs> Compared to your brothers, began you, the door opened before she could hang herself, and Ray shoved a cup of coffee at her before he handed the second one to Leo. It's hot. He told them as he slid in and took the soft drink out of his jacket pocket, put it in the cup holder. Cold caffeine. Leo said, shuddering, why can't you drink coffee like a normal man? I drink coffee at breakfast. Ray told him hotly, so do I, but you don't have but you don't have to have rules on when to drink it. Ray started the engine with a speaking glance. See that look? Leo indicated to Mary. When he looks like that, you've already lost whatever argument you're in the middle of. We call it the look. I once saw him break up a fist fight with it. I don't plan to argue, Meredith promised. Ray gave her the look, and it lingered before his attention turned back to the windshield. Meredith sat back against the leather seat and wondered suddenly she wasn't making the biggest mistake of her life. End of chapter 3.